All right, guys, welcome back to the show. And with me on the show today, I got to sit down with Ben Baker. Ben and I became friends last year, and ever since we met each other, we started doing more and more stuff together from working out, going to church, uh, life group. We're actually talking about going into business together coming up soon. And so you all need to be paying attention to what's coming down the line as I start announcing that on the podcast and on the social media platforms because it's something that I think would interest a whole lot of hunters, especially people who are serious about hunting, who like to get out and uh, hunt new locations. And so look forward to hearing more about that. But we dove into a bunch of different stuff today on the show. I hope you all enjoyed it. Ben's a funny guy. He's got some great stories. And I definitely enjoyed sitting down talking with him. And we're going to we're gonna kind of track Ben's progress as we continue to get him out hunting different animals and introducing him to different facets of this sport that we all love. And so um, I just can't wait to get him out on a deer this year. That's number one priority for me is to get Ben a white-tailed deer. And I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen fairly quickly, actually, because he is a great shot. He is great at taking advice, and he's eager to learn all the different things that um, he's being taught and told. So we're going to jump into this conversation. I hope you all enjoy it. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show, and on the show with me today, I've got my good friend, Ben Baker, and Ben and I, as you listened to yesterday's pod, or the other day's podcast, um, we also have a kind of an unconventional way that we met, but first off, thanks for being on the show, Ben. Thanks for having me, Dan. Yeah, we, uh, we connected last year, and so from my end, I'll tell my side of it, and then you can share your side of it. Cool. Uh, I started, I built a, a bunk bed or a couple sets of beds for my kids. One was like a teepee or like a tent style for my son, just with two by threes. And, um, it was a basic wood frame. The mattresses was in bottom. My daughter had a house bed. So it was just shaped like the four corners of a house with a roof. And my wife was like, Hey, I want to get bunk beds for them. So maybe we could sell these online. And this lady reached out and she's like, Hey, I want to come pick them up. So we're like, okay, cool. You know, she showed up and my wife started talking with her and discovered that her and her husband had just moved here to Missouri from California. And my wife is a very outgoing person, likes to make, build relationships with people, make friendships, that type of thing. And she's like, Hey, we're going to go on a play date with Emily and her husband and their kids. And I'm like, uh, it was one of those things where she said Emily and I'm like, man, is this someone I'm supposed to know? Cause I don't know who Emily is. And she's like, she's the girl who bought the bunk be or the beds from us on Facebook marketplace. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember. I know who you're talking about. And so anyways, we ended up meeting up with Ben and his wife and their kids at a park and played and Ben kind of hit it off or Ben and I hit it off pretty quickly. Um, so from your side of it, what did that look like? Cause I'm sure it was kind of odd going. Well, this had to be what, maybe September, August. Well, yeah, I think it was probably. We got here, we moved from California to Missouri in August and we drove all the way through. We had our stuff shipped here because the price of a U-Haul coming out of California right now is so expensive. You can have your stuff shipped for about the same amount as renting a U-Haul and we had our stuff shipped but we really didn't do our research on the company doing it because I was wrapping up my job and packing and doing all that stuff and so we had them ship our stuff and we got here and we ended up waiting like three months for our stuff to get here oh geez so the whole time that we're waiting for our stuff we have no beds no couches, no TV, nothing but what we brought with us on the drive here. And we never really had great beds to begin with in California. So I told my wife, I said, 
you know, we're all sleeping on the ground. I'm tired of I'm tired of this. Let's let's get some beds. So she started looking online, and uh, she found the beds that you had up on Facebook. Was it Facebook Marketplace? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and we were and we're still. I mean, we didn't. We don't know anybody out here, so we're. Uh, you know, I I met the people from work that I'm working with, obviously, but uh, trying trying to meet people and trying to make some friends. And me and my wife are a little more on the introverted side. I, I I guess I could say, like I like people and I like hanging out and all that too, but a little harder making friends. Yeah. But we're in a new spot, so we got to be a little more outgoing than we normally are. So she went and picked up those beds, and she comes home, and we had several conversations. Hey, we need to meet some cool people. You know, she says, Ben, I, I met this uh, this girl that I got these beds from. She's really cool. Yeah, cool spot. Talking to her. Um, she, The couple's into a lot of the same stuff we are. And uh, I was like, okay, okay, cool. And um, she said, "I'm really proud of myself because, you know, we talked and we decided we're gonna we're gonna hang out. We're all gonna hang out. You can meet her husband, and uh, he he likes to shoot and shoot bows. And we found a little park up north from our place where you can. There's a playground and there's a shooting range. And she, so she said, one Saturday we'll go out there." park I, I like that it's a park and a shooting range right like it's the, best, it's the best of both worlds you get the kids on the slides and you go shoot yeah yeah it really is cool and so she said uh you and dan can shoot and me and the girl me and sam will hang out and the kids will play and i said great it sounds great and so that saturday i'm just thinking oh god you know who you know are these people really cool you know what are we you know who are these people and we showed up, and I met you, and we hit it off. And I was like, wow, these people are really cool. They're normal. Um, we went and I didn't bring my bow that day because I think I was. I think you were getting it, like, tuned up or something. Uh, something I, I, I don't think I had arrows for it, or I don't remember what it was. Or we didn't have, we didn't have our stuff. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. I didn't have my stuff then, yet. And so um, we talked. We talked a little about hunt, hunting. And I told Dan that I was new to the hunting scene and that, um, you know, uh, I was really looking forward to hunting in Missouri. So I, I felt very fortunate. I found someone who, who was into it over here right off the bat, which was really cool. Yeah, I I was kind of curious because you guys were coming from California and I'm like, all right, this, these people are from California. Like, are we really going to see eye to eye on anything? I mean... <laughs> She said he's into archery, but I don't know what that looks like. And I'm sure on your side of it, you're probably like, we're from California. Who are these like country bumpkins that have pigs on their property and we're going to go hang out with them? But yeah, you started talking about shooting your bow and I was, I was like, man, I love to hunt. I love to shoot. We need to get out and shoot sometime. So then we shot at my place, um, a couple times and We've been out hunting several times since then. You told me you were new to hunting. You wanted to start doing it, wanted to start getting food for your family. Yep. And so I was like, dude, come on out hunting with me. And that kind of kicked off our hunting friendship. And now, I mean, we're in a life group at church together. We, We hang out quite a bit. We go to a guy's night every Thursday night together. Start going to the gym. Yep. Started working out together. Yeah. And yeah, it's just been pretty sweet but i know that with moving here from california you probably didn't have a ton of hunting opportunities out there no Um, not nearly as much as you could here you know you could go 15 minutes in any direction and hunt things so what does that look like i mean being new to hunting what what all are you trying to get into well i bought my bow in 2018 and i wanted to get into bow hunting over in california i was from the central valley where there's a lot of agriculture, um, lived out in, in the country and a uh, small town, but as far as the public land goes, there's nothing close by me in, in my area that I could just go to and, 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 you know, check out or go hunt on unless it was like a, like a day trip, like pretty long, you know, little drive. 
And my, my whole idea for hunting was I would like to have something close by where I can go to and, you know, harvest some meat or, um, you know, at least just get out and, and enjoy some wildlife. And uh, the first time I really tried out there was go hunt some wild pigs. Um, there's a town out a couple of, uh, about two hours from, from where I was, where there's supposed to be some wild pigs at. And the first time I went out there, uh, I was going to just go scope it out. And I work a lot, so I figured, well, I'll bring the, I'll bring the wife and kids with me. Hold they on came. real quick, Ben. There's a cat in this area that we're recording. It's actually an old place that I used to live. And come on, kitty. the cats have kind of taken over what we call the smokehouse. It's a, it's a little shed that we repurpose and turn into kind of a man cave. But now that I don't live here anymore, my buddy lives here. These cats have just taken over. So I apologize for no the interruption. Words. So I went to this place. It's like up in like kind of foothill um, terrain. Uh, there's a trailhead there that I seen out on uh, Google Maps. I was gonna go check out and just hike up and down the ridges, look if I can see some pigs out there. And it was public land, so the closest public land to where I was at. I uh, didn't bring my bow. Really didn't bring much. Just wanted to see what it was like. Would I see a pig out there? Would I see anything? Um, what was the area like? So on the drive there, there's a bunch of old dilapidated houses, um, run down, and I get to the, there's a drive-in, foothills on all, around all sides, some dirt roads driving into the, the trailhead area, uh, which I would, was planning on taking to go, go up in some ridges and see if I could uh, spot anything. Well, when I got down to the, when we drove up to the trailhead, I ended up seeing about anywhere from 20, around 20 vehicles parked down there. They had two giant tents about the size of a large house up there. And there was just a bunch, a bunch of people camping out there. It was cold. It was winter time. So they're all bundled up. And, uh. And as soon as we pulled up, there was people outside these tents just just staring at us, just me and mugging me and my wife. And and said, we were there. And she goes, turn around now. We're going back home. Turn around. Let's go. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. We drove all the way. I drove two hours out here. I was like, I'm not just going to drive. I was like, let's, it's going to be okay. Let's park, the, let's park the truck. Let's walk around and see what's going on. And it was, it was just like an encampment of uh, like Hispanic people. Um, or I don't know if they were, yeah, they had to be, they had to be Hispanic. I don't know what they were doing out there, but we got out and there's some like, they, it's like they had some guards out there too. They're sitting there just, just, you know, watching us. I parked the truck a little bit away from their encampment as far as I could over where the start of that trail went. And as soon as we got out of the truck, you could hear like really loud preaching from the tent, just like angry, like just loud preaching. And yeah. Whatever this guy, whatever he was preaching, it wasn't, it wasn't something happy. He was, this guy was upset. And so, Em tells me, she goes, hey, whatever he's saying is not good. Uh, she knows a little bit of Spanish. She's like, let's get out of here, let's get out of here. I said, you know, let's just grab the kids, we'll lock up the, the truck. Anyway, so we, we went up the hillside, carrying the kids, walked up, got away from the little encampment, locked my truck, of course. And I was looking over my shoulder like, man, I wish we would have brought a gun or something out here because this is pretty sketchy, you know. But uh, especially with guards out there, yeah, like yeah. that's that's interesting. Did they have guns? I couldn't tell. They were they were they had so much coats on because it was winter oh, yeah. time, and then this is before COVID, so a lot of them had the face masks on too, and it doesn't get that cold over there, you know. It's it's chilly, but I mean, I don't. I don't think enough to really cover your face. Yeah. You know, but the guys, I mean, it looked like there was families out there or what. I, I, we looked online later to see if anybody else had, had, had seen the spot or known what was going on. Um, I think we've seen one person or one review at the spot that said, hey, there's, you know, some sketchy stuff going on here. But, yeah, they just, I you know, you drive to a new place, you see a bunch of people, you wave at them. 
Yeah. No way back, just staring, you know, and, and I couldn't tell if they had guns, but they were, they were holding them, holding their sides, you know what I mean? Like, they could very easily be, be carrying something. Yeah. And so I just parked, you know, like I said, parked the truck, locked it, grabbed the kids, hiked up, hiked up the first pass, and kind of got out of that, uh, that area got a little bit higher ground and i mean it was a beautiful day beautiful out there beautiful foothills and all that and look didn't see a single pig and then on the drive home you know we kind of had a laugh uh, getting back to the truck we told the kids all right you know get in the truck as, as quick as you can let's get out of here because they had started like kind of moving over you know closer to where my truck was yeah and we start coming down the hill going to the truck and of course the kids start fighting who's going to sit where in the truck, you know, while we're trying to get them in. So yeah. <laughs> we kind of shouted at them on the way back and said, hey, look, we take you guys places that we've never been before, you know what I mean, that we don't know where we're going. When we say get in the truck, get in the truck. We could be out in the woods and there could be a bear coming at you, you know? Yeah. Not the time to fight for, for a seat or whatever. So that was, a, I mean, not a typical hunting experience, I guess, but... uh on the way back, we were just talking and saying, "Hey, yeah, uh, you know, maybe you know, maybe I should go check it out before I bring the whole family or this and that." But it's just hard because oh yeah, you work you work all week, and you're gonna go side out a spot, and you're like, "Hey, the kids, you know, they could come get out too, and everyone could have a little bit of fun." Yeah. And uh, and then I did some research online, looking in that area. There's some there's some farms or some places that people do get get lucky with uh shooting them pigs but it was all i mean a lot of it's public uh private land some of it's public or so it's and i'm still learning too like okay where you know where can you do what at where can i you know where can i shoot a pig if it's a trailhead if it's a this if it's a that you know just because it's public land doesn't necessarily mean you can hunt on it yeah and all that stuff too so yeah i'm sure that's hard to navigate as a new hunter especially not having been in that area before and man what a weird thing to encounter out there i've never thought about finding a huge encampment with a bunch of people and yeah. loud loud shouting or preaching i know that's odd don't know what it was to this day but it was i mean it was something else yeah well so you came out here and then i was like man if you want to get out and hunt just let me know and i'd be happy to take you out and so we came out to the property we're on right now and did our first duck hunt together. That's right. Which, that was a bust as far as duck hunting goes. But where we're at, I always see coyotes out here. And so I bring my rifle with just in case, you know, we're getting set up and we see a coyote cruising around the pond or in the field. And I was telling Ben, like, there's a high chance that we could see coyotes while we're out here. And he... he he looked at me and he goes, man, I would love to shoot a coyote. That would be awesome. So the duck hunting was a bust. We didn't see anything, didn't get anything coming in. And so we went back to the car and we were going to go check trail cameras at that point and go over to another small pond and see if there were any birds on it. And when we got back to the truck, we looked out and I saw something out in the field, probably like 500 yards away. And I was like, man, that's got to be a coyote. I pulled out my binoculars, saw that it was. We tried to set up for a shot, couldn't get a clean shot through the river bottom at it. And so I said, hey, we're going to go check that pond quick. Then we're going to park the truck in the creek bottom. And we're going to go out and call for this coyote because we know it's over there. And at that point, you know, the odds of calling one in after you're driving around, you know, if it saw you or got spooked, it didn't look like it was spooked at all. It was just kind of walking a wood line in a fence row looking for animals. And so we got set up and started calling. And then at that point, I gave the gun and tripod to Ben and said, hey, it's, it's up to you. If it comes in, you know, let it get to that fence row that's about 100 yards away from us now and just put it right on and take a shot. And it wasn't long after calling, that thing was, I mean, it was moving quick across that field. And it stopped, gave you a shot, and I said, just put it right on it whenever you're ready. So what was that like, going from a duck hunt, talking about shooting a coyote, to now all of a sudden we've got an opportunity at one? Well, 
Yeah, I remember. I remember you. I remember seeing your rifle, and I remember seeing, thinking, because I see that. Six, I heard about that six five Creedmoor, and I'm like, man, that sounds like a cool round. I'd like to shoot it. And then I was telling Dan, yeah, you know, and then he was saying, yeah, there's coyotes out here. I'd be like, yeah, I'd love to shoot a coyote. And then he said, I think I seen one. I'm thinking, yeah, right. It's uh, you know. And then I looked out, and sure enough, there, you know, there's one poking, poking out of the the grove of trees up on the hill, right? And uh, and then he dot, he darted back into there, and then Dan said, "Well, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna call him out." And I'm I'm haven't had much uh, experience watching people actually call animals. I've seen it on TV, you know. I've seen like the Duck Dynasty guys and other people use calls and stuff on animals. But I'm thinking uh, that probably don't really work, you know. It's probably just just from my experience. And uh, you you started calling away. The, you had two of them. The one was like a, a wounded rabbit, and what was there's a first one that you started. What was the first one you were using? So uh, I have one of my calls is a two sided call, and so on one side it's a rodent distress, uh -huh. and the other side it's a rabbit distress. Gotcha. That's what it was. So you start with the ro the rodent. You're going at it. Nothing. Then you started uh, with the uh, the wounded rabbit, I think. And I'm like, this ain't gonna work. There's no way the coyotes can come back. But sure enough, what was it? A minute later, yeah, darts out of the woods, and that's when you spotted it. And you're like, hey, there he is, there he is, and hand me the rifle setup. And said, you know, when he stops, get him. What was going through your mind at that point when he actually came out? When he came out, I was I was like, wow, that, that actually worked. You know, that's crazy. Um, and then when he stopped there and I had the rifle, I was like, I haven't, I never really made any long range shots like that. Most of the, the gun hunting I did in California was like dove hunting or birds and little stuff like that. So of course, I mean, when I pulled the trigger, I was pretty surprised I hit it. Yeah. I was super happy. Yeah. So, I mean, it was facing right at us. Right. And I think when I ranged it, when it stopped, it hadn't made it to the fence row yet, which was at 100 yards. It was probably at like mid-140s, I would guess. Okay. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, it was facing us, and you shot, and it dropped. And I was like, dude, way to go. Like, you took it out, and then we looked back at it, and it was kind of up and spinning around. Right. And I just told you, once it stops, put another one in it. You know, we don't want, no matter what we hunt, even if it's a predator that we really dislike around here um we just don't want the animal to suffer no matter what For so sure. you squeezed off that second shot and that was all she wrote i mean the first shot would have done it but it would have taken longer and uh that second shot dropped it we went over and took a look at it and i i remember you saying like dude can i keep this thing and i was like yeah absolutely and you said you were gonna make a a little rug out of it kind of tan the hide i did i i I uh, skinned it in my backyard, which my um, neighbors are all elderly dog lovers. So I was trying, <laughs> trying to do it out of sight, but the fences here are short, you know? Yeah. Where the side fences are. And then her, they, our neighbors had their daughter come over, play with my kids. And they went around the corner and seen me skinning that thing. I was like, oh, go back inside, you know? <laughs> And I, I wanted to get some practice on it, too, because I haven't really done much, you know, cleaning of bigger animals, you know, bigger than real small game stuff. So, got the, got the hide off of it, and uh, my wife picked up some tanning solution and, and did all that and strung it out. And she helped me do the more detailed, tedious part of it. But now i got it hanging up in, in my bedroom. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It, it's cool to see somebody new to hunting and like just how passionate you were about learning stuff. You know, the questions that you had for me when we were in the duck blind and then even coyote hunting and after you had shot the one, um, just to see your excitement for it and your willingness to take advice and learn. That was really cool. But when we, when we were shooting bows, I mean, I was like, man, this guy already knows what he's doing. You know, I thought being new to hunting you know you have a nice bow what are you shooting right now i have a hoyt rx1 ultra okay yeah you were shooting and that thing 
whips, and you were dead on with it. So I was like, all right, he doesn't really need a whole lot of pointers on bow hunting, or on bow shooting at least. Um, well, that, 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 when I first, that's kind of what got me into wanting to take the next steps in the hunting was buying that bow. And I, I had a bow growing up as a kid. I loved shooting it. I'd always shoot all my arrows and, and they'd get lost out in the country and they'd be gone. And, um, but I mean, we, we, we would mess around in the backyard for hours just, just shooting that bow, but I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, there, you know, we didn't have YouTube back then. We didn't really have internet back then. So it was just like, you just learn, you know, what you could. Yeah. And I told my wife, you know, that growing up, I like shooting a bow. And then one, one 2018, I think it was, um, we were talking about, talking about getting into different hobbies. And she was like, you, we should, you know, you should get into archery. You should get into shooting. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'll check it out. And we went to the bow store. And, uh, well, first she bought me, she bought me a bow online for my birthday. And it was a cool bow, but I'm tall. And for a compound bow, they say it's, it's important that what, well, first thing is I took the bow into, to a shop, to it. Yeah. It's supposed to be a, uh, specified person to, you know, the bow said, you got to take it to a special, a specialized bow tech, you know, yada, yada person to work on it. So we found one about an hour out from where we lived, brought it into the guy. And I said, Hey, you know, what do I got to do to get this dialed in for me? And he's like, Oh, this won't work. He's like, you're too, you know, you're too tall for this bow. I was like, okay, well, I mean, you know what, what, cause I know how sales, you know, I know how oh, this yeah. is, right. You want to sell people stuff. I'm like, all right, well, what, you know, what can I do close to get close there? And he's like, no, he's like, you need, you need a completely different bow. You need a different, uh, completely different pull, pull, um, like draw length, draw length. Thank you. And this and that. So I'm like, all right. So I, I told, I told M, my wife I was like, well, what if you keep this bow and I get another one and it'll be something we could do. We could shoot together, you know, and it'll be something fun we can do. Yeah. Um, she's like, cool. Yeah, no problem. And so I asked the guy, I'm like, well, what do you have in my, my drawing at the store? And he goes, this one doesn't work. This one doesn't work. And he like narrowed it down to like three, three bows. One was on the used rack and the other two were really expensive bows more than I wanted to pay. But I mean, I looked at him and I was like, man, if I, that would be like something that I would buy, you know, years down the road if I was, if I was, you know, real serious into it. And I really wanted to be. And then I asked the guy, I said, well, what, why can't I, what's the difference between the used bow? You know, can I use this for hunting? Cause I'd like to, I'd like to eventually get to the point where I can hunt. Yeah. He goes, no, you can't use, you can't, or it's a target, target bow and hunting bow, right? What's the difference between a target bow and hunting bow? Can I use this target, this used target, uh, bow to go hunting and he goes no you can't i'm like why not he goes well it's the wrong color <laughs> and i'm thinking okay all right sh you know i'm, sh I'm yeah. sure you know i'm sure but but and I, he he sold me on something else other than that but i really wanted to buy that 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 hoyt i really wanted to so i talked to my wife i'm like can i you know you care about it she's like sure she's an enabler you know she's like sure just buy yeah. it you know and i'm like <laughs> no but but finally, I, I talked myself into it. I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna buy it. This is something I really, you know, want to do, and I've been thinking about for a long time. So I bought the bought the nice bow, and got it dialed in. And I shot that bow for a whole year. I shot that bow. All, I would say about every day in my backyard, which I'm not really supposed to do in a residential area. Yeah. But it just so happened where the neighbors were at, where I could I could kind of pull it off, and I set it up so, to be safe and. And this and that. I probably shot that bow probably every day um, that first year I had it. Nice. Yeah, so you, I mean, when you brought it out, you were dialed in. You were shooting, I mean, your draw length and the length of arrow, I mean, it adds weight to it. And so the penetration's crazy. But I couldn't believe how fast that bow was. And you were punching through the target on a lot of shots. It was going through that deer target to where, you know, the fletching and the knock were almost buried in it but at that point i was like all right he's he's ready to go like we need to get him on a deer yeah i wanted, to, I wanted to shoot that bow enough to where i know that the first time i am going to shoot well i've shot little animals nothing big but 
that, you know, it's going to be a good shot. Yeah. Well, this year, that's going to be one of my top priorities is getting you on a whitetail awesome. with that bow. Because we're going to, we've got a great spot for bow hunting here and at my house where I live. I mean, we're only on 20 acres. But even this morning, when I was on my way out here, there were three does walking across the driveway on my way out. Crazy how many deers are out here. Yeah, they're everywhere. And I see them every day, so I know we can get out and, and kill a deer this year with you so uh what else i mean what else piques your interest as far as hunting goes really i mean all of it in, in a whole you know uh growing up i my dad didn't hunt um i don't he it was just not something that was not in his wheelhouse you know uh and i didn't really have any any uh, male role models or figures that really hunted around me so I had a couple friends that dabbled in it, which I would go dove hunting and, and stuff like that, but not as far as like learning the ins and outs, the basics, all that. Um, I had to kind of learn it on my own. And there's a there's a, a, a long time too where I was just thinking, and I don't know if a lot of guys like t thinking about getting into hunting, you know, go through the same thought process, but it's, it was in my head, I'm thinking, okay, do I want to, do I want to go out and try to kill some animals? You know, there's a part of it that's really, really sounds really fun. And, and, you know, as, as I think as, uh, people, there's that innate, um, desire to, to go out and get your food, look for your food and, and go track it down and chase it and, and do all that. I think there's something built in us that, that a lot of people, you know, have an attraction to that, that side of getting your food and, and, the old school ways of, you know, how people used to do it for years and years and years before we got all our food in the supermarket. Um, what were we talking about? What were we getting at? Uh, what, like, what intrigues you or what you want to So that pursue. whole, that whole journey, you know, just like, you know, uh, learning that, learning those skills. I, I want to be able to teach my kids that if they, if they want to get into that, um, being able to find food outside, being able to harvest meat or go fishing or just the whole, the whole big picture of it really. Yeah. And what's, and what's in my area. Like I, I would love to go on big hunting trips or, or, you know, get, you know, all kind of, all kind of places. But for me, it's just like in my area, what's around me, what can I, what can I go out and, and retrieve from the wild in a, in an ethical and, uh, sustainable way you know where i'm learning about these animals and i'm learning about the habitat and i'm getting outside i'm getting some exercise but i'm also honing this skill that i'm getting better at whether it's shooting a bow or a gun or you know harvesting meat or the whole nine yards of it well the nice thing is where we're at here i mean turkey season's coming up so we'll get you out turkey hunting uh we really need to get a list together of the different things that you can get out and hunt this year because we'll be out doing frog gigging, right. turkey hunting, dove, duck, rabbit, squirrel. We've already done coyote hunting a little bit. Not traditional, but we made it happen. <laughs> right. uh, deer hunting. And then today when we were shooting, we were talking about hog hunting. Yeah. Which, in this area, I've heard about them around. We've never had sign or sightings of them on this property. But the guy who uh, runs cattle out here. He lives about 10 miles from where we're currently at. And he said he had hogs tearing everything up out where he was. That's how but, it was in California, too. It's a yeah. real problem in, in certain areas. Yeah, so he he got in touch with, or I think someone referred him to an Amish community close by. And those guys came out and wiped out the hogs. I mean, like he doesn't have any issues with them, doesn't see them anymore. He said... Over the course of one week, they came out and took out, I think it was like 30-something hogs. Wow. And, but, I mean, we can still go. We can kick over to Oklahoma. We can go south of here, down to Arkansas, and and find some wild hogs pretty quickly, I think. I love that. I love to see some of the surrounding states around here and the wildlife and, and what they got out there. Wild boar is delicious. I mean, I killed one in Oklahoma a couple of years back, and we smoked that thing. And it was our first attempt at smoking a whole ham and it tasted so good. I mean, we put a great rub on it. I think it was like 
brown sugar, salt, and cayenne pepper. That sounds good. And that was basically it. We rubbed it down, let it sit for a little bit, threw it on the smoker, and I think we let it smoke for about eight hours. But it was like peel apart. I mean, you could just rip it with your fingers. So we'll try to get out and do that. So, I mean, really, we've got we've probably got close to 10 species that we can get out and hunt this year and we'll get you out on all those trips. I mean, you've got an open invite to whatever we're doing. That'd be awesome. And nice thing is now you've got some hunting property here. I know you've looked around at a couple different public land spots. Yeah. I I, I went out on deer season. I went out quite a bit, um, scoping the, the, the public land. Yeah. So, I mean, there's plenty of opportunities, both public and private around here, but now, I mean, we know where they are here. And so your best chance of success, I think is going to be out on this property or at my house. Cool. And so we'll try to fill your freezer this year with all kinds of different stuff. Right on. And you're a good cook too, man. I mean, (laughs) you cook stuff up every time we go over, you guys make stuff and I need to turn you on to dove poppers because you always make those jalapeno poppers for us, which are killer now the only difference is you fillet out a dove breast and you add that to the ingredient list that sounds awesome do it the same way uh jalapenos cream cheese bacon wrapped oh man it's killer that sounds great yeah so we'll try that this fall uh dove season after turkey season dove season will be the next thing that opens up for us when is your guys dove season here uh september 1st the same it same opens California. up yeah, and we kill quite a few of them around here. There's one spot that we go. It's public land, but I mean, you gotta look out. You gotta find a spot where there aren't other hunters sitting 50 yards yeah, from you. Cause, same story over there too. You get peppered. Uh huh. Yep. All the time, people yep. are raining down shots, and we kind of tuck back into the corner of this field. But most years we go out there, we all get our limits by like 9 a.m. And the doves are they're so uh, there's so many of them in that area that like you can't reload your gun fast enough you're missing shot opportunities because you're having to reload and go and pick up other doves and more coming in people are yelling in every direction here they come here they come (laughs) and it's funny because you can hear some of these doves man they run the gauntlet and you'll you'll hear shots 500 yards away and then the shots just keep getting closer everybody's shooting at them and these doves are just diving dodging dipping the whole deal in some of them make it, most of them don't. But I can't remember the last count. I mean, it was tens if not hundreds of thousands of doves are killed up in that area on opening weekend. Wow. So What's the limit? 16. 16? Is that is that like a daily limit or is that yep. kind of all, all in all? There's a daily limit and then a bag limit. So your bag limit is typically twice as much as your daily limit. So you okay. can have in your possession 32 doves and... But, like, on opening day, you can't have 32 because it's only been open one day. Would so, you say that one was 16? 16. So you can have 16 opening day, and they check you. So where where we hunt, it's a very well-known public land spot, and they do great um, land management for doves and waterfowl and deer. But this specific field is sunflowers. And what they do is they go through, and they'll actually burn uh, about 20-foot-wide strips of sunflowers, and then all the seeds drop to the ground and the doves come in at that point in the year, fill the field and just start feeding on the sunflowers. Well, then they'll leave about three to five rows standing, which gives cover to the hunters. And so all these hunters are in the, in the standing sunflowers shooting at the doves coming to land in. But as you can imagine, 10 parallel rows of sunflowers and hunters in each one of them those devs will come through and now you're getting crossfire right. and luckily this this year nobody got shot i mean seriously shot you still get rained down on but when they're right. falling it's no big deal and they have got they've got a 45 degree rule so they want you to shoot 45 degrees above the horizon um but people in the heat of the moment they i mean they do all kinds of crazy stuff out there right but we'll get out and do that. But let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about what we did today, because you had been asking me for a while when we were working out. Hey, what what kind of gun should I get if I want to get into rifle hunting? Right, and that's and that's. I mean, I like to do my research as much as I can on stuff. Um, I I haven't had a hunting rifle. I've had a shotgun for a while. I've been looking for 
a hunting rifle to get. And I mean, you can you can go on forums, but it's like good luck, you know, because everyone has their their own cup of tea and everyone has their own you know uh, expertise on things. So it's it's kind of hard to get unbiased um, information online, yeah. you know. Yeah, you get. I've I've seen it over and over. People will post memes and they get in you know chat wars with each other. One guy talks about a six five creed more. Everybody else says you can't shoot a six five creed more if you're a serious hunter. Yeah. Some guys are like three oh eight's the only round. Some guys say it's two seventy. But you've got to understand all of these rounds are designed to take game. Right. And if if they make a round for it, if they make a rifle for it, you can kill a deer with it as long as it's over a 22 caliber um and so all of all of the stuff that we hunt is usually in the mid two range so like 243 270 65 which i believe is a 2.63 um and so it's all definitely good but i did i also when i was looking at rifles i, I did my research and i said man i really want to see what the best gun is to use and what I found is there's a lot of military snipers and sniper trainers that are getting away their personal rifle. They're moving to a 6.5 Creedmoor. And they're like, you just can't beat it. And I was like, man, if these guys, these are the best shooters in the world. Yeah. If they're recommending this, I need to look at it. And then after doing some digging, watching a ton of videos and reviews, I watched people shooting a thousand yards with the rifle I have and even the one that you got. So why don't you tell them what you ended up buying? I got a Ruger American with a Magpul stock on it. So when you had asked me, that was actually one of the, one of the rifles that I had mentioned to you, like check out this Ruger American. I watched a guy do a, it was the thousand yard for a thousand dollar challenge. And so he had a thousand bucks into his rifle, his whole setup, and he shot a thousand yards with it, and it was that exact gun, the Ruger American, and I think he, I think he had a little bit cheaper scope on it. He bought like a really cheap one off Amazon, you know, a brand that you've never heard of. Okay. But I told you Vortex. I mean, I've right. had so much good luck with Vortex. It's been, it's been my optic of choice for quite a while now. It's a three by nine I got, and I think it's called the Crossfire. It's like 150 bucks. Yeah, well, and you got the Quick Mount rings, which were cool. Right. Um, I haven't shot with those yet, but until today. But I mean, you can take that scope off and put it right back on, and you're you're still shooting the same exact spot as you were before. Yeah, it worked out good. So we, we did a couple shots at first, got it dialed in where you, you were hitting the bullseye at 100 yards. Then we moved out to two and then out to three, and it was shooting lights out all day today. That was fun. So I'm hoping that we can get out and do some even farther shooting. That'd be awesome. That's the farthest, that 300, 200, well, really 100 yards has been the farthest I've shot so far. So that two, 300 was a lot of fun seeing that pitch oh, yeah. out there. Yeah, what uh, I mean, what were your thoughts coming into it? Did you think you'd be able to get that accurate? Well, well, I mean, we got the we have the the tripod we're using. You know what I mean? So that takes all a lot of the stability stuff out of it. And so at that point, you're really just focusing on your pull of the trigger, right? And so I mean, I was hoping I'd be able to hit, hit it, but you never know. I mean, until you do something like we shot that pistol the other night and. I felt pretty terrible at that, but it was dark. You know? <laughs> we were, he, they were they were shooting at some cans at the guys' night we go to. Uh, he brought his twenty two revolver out, and they were shooting at cans on the stump, like on a hillside, and they weren't. I mean, you guys weren't hitting very accurately or I very often. I hit one. And you're like, hey man, you want to give it a try? I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come try it. And I went and stood right where you were. And I mean, it's dark at this point. There right. was. A fire going and the shop was open so there was a little bit of light but i pulled that pistol up and i was like what do you guys i can't even see the sights on this thing right all black yeah at that point i had you bring a phone over i was like man you'd be shooting a lot better if you could actually see the front and rear sights on your gun yeah but that was a lot of fun 
so I mean, are you, what what are you planning on hunting with your rifle now? Well, I'd love to get a deer this year. Um, a pig, like we were talking about, would be cool. Some more coyotes. I mean, whatever we can find, really. Yeah. You know? So just now getting into hunting, like what, what would be your dream hunt? Have you put any thought to like, man, if I could hunt one thing with my bow or my rifle or a pistol, have you put any thought into like your bucket list hunt not really not really i mean just getting a deer with my bow i think would be like top of the world feeling you know well you're gonna have to come up with a, a new one pretty soon because i think we're gonna make that happen this year right on we'll get up and uh hopefully film it i'll bring my camera arm and my camera out and i've got a couple double sets hung right now and so we'll just time it out right we'll watch where the deer are moving and uh, you can come out also when we do food plots this year. Cool. We're going to put in a couple food plots, and I can show you kind of the deal with that. Just some more natural attractant for deer. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be good, man. I'm excited to get you farther into the sport. It's always fun. Like, you were already interested in hunting, but to be able to help mentor and teach yeah, teach somebody, it's really cool. What a... Uh, I guess, do you have any questions? Because actually the reason we did a podcast a lot about new hunting is there's been a lot of people that have been like, hey, do you have any tips or pointers for new hunters? And so I wanted to kind of address some of that. I figured you as a new hunter, if you've got any questions or inquiries. Well, I mean, just just going, going out on your own versus going out with somebody else who's done it before. You know, and who's been, I mean, you've been doing this for. Well, I'm 32, so, or I think I might be 31. I don't even know how old, how old I am. Um, <laughs> I've probably been doing it 20, 25 to 28 years, so, whether sitting with my dad or my uncle or actually having a rifle in my hand. I guess it's been since I was 12 that I could actually hunt. So, so you got a lot, you got a lot of experience, uh, for me to learn off of going out with you versus, I mean, you know, you use common sense and all that, going out by yourself, but uh, really knowing what what I need, what uh, what kind of equipment you need, what's necessary, what's not, you know, what's just for, I mean, what what are what are the bare essentials and what are items that like you can get later on and and this and that. Yeah. Um, you gave me your old rangefinder, you know. Um, oh yeah. I was out there trying to harvest a few deers in bow season, going out in public land looking for them. But always in the back of my head, there would always be like, okay, well, what if I don't know how far out this deer is? You know what I mean? Am I gonna take the shot? Yeah. And and some of that too, where it's like, okay, I need I need a rangefinder to to get this deer, um, or I need this or I need that. And I think some of it is just being kind of like nervous or being kind of um you're just like all right this is my first this this is my first that and you're like okay well once i get this or once i get that then i'll then i'll go for it seriously or then i'll go out more then i'll do this like you know one more piece of equipment or whatever yeah and i think a range finder is important but there is that kind of apprehension uh where you're you're trying to do something or you're trying to take an animal and you're like do i have the right stuff and I keep going out, and I don't see nothing. Oh, is my camouflage not good enough? You know, is it smelling me? Yeah. Am I doing this? Am I, you know, what What are all the things that I'm doing wrong where I'm not seeing anything or, you know, I'm getting skunked or this and that? And like I said, going with somebody and seeing what they do. And, oh, well, this is not that big of a deal for them. They can do it without this or yeah. that. Well, I'll address a couple of the things, like equipment-wise. Obviously, you need your weapon that you're taking with, whether it's a firearm or a bow or a gig if you're frog gigging. Right. Um, so number one is that being proficient with whatever method of take you're using uh, to know that when you let that arrow fly, when you pull that trigger on, on your rifle, like the animal is going to go down. I would say that is the number one piece of the puzzle. If you don't have that, you're not going to be successful. And then... You've got that pretty dialed in now. I mean, shooting your bow all those times, shooting your rifle, getting that zeroed in, and now shooting out to 300 yards with it consistently. I mean, 
you hit gongs each time out at that range. And, um, I'd say the camouflage, there's been a huge push, I think from the hunting industry as far as camouflage goes, but you can, you can take a deer in blue jeans and a t-shirt if you really wanted to. There's, there's a couple of added layers to things that I don't find necessary as far as like, oh, you need this newest camouflage pattern. If you look back at the old hunting videos, like even Fred Bear, he'd be out there. He was one of the best archers in the world. And, I mean, he started a lot of the new innovations as far as bows go. He would go out there in a red flannel jacket, and he would hunt almost everything in that. My dad, for years, if if it was rifle season, but it wasn't that cold out, he'd ditch the big blaze orange jumpsuit and have blue jeans on and, you know, whatever jacket he was wearing at the time. But you have to think about, like, even rifle hunting. I've shot so many deer in blaze orange. I mean, I would cover myself head to toe. Pants, jacket, gloves, hat, face mask, all blaze orange. If you can hunt them in the brightest color that we've found for safety, you can hunt them in just about anything. Now, getting them close for a bow, that changes things. Right. But I think you can play play the wind game, and that that changes everything. Their smell will bust you way farther than their sight will. Um, their ears, staying quiet, that type of stuff. So as far as equipment goes, I really think you can get by with going to Walmart and getting new stuff. That's all I hunted with for years um, was Walmart gear or hand-me-down gear. From I used to wear my sister's old jackets that they bought for her at Walmart or at a thrift store. Um, so you don't have to have that that great equipment. Gotcha. And I don't know, did you say you listened to the podcast with Tony? I did. I was listening. I was actually, I listened to some this morning. I listened to some, I think at work, or maybe it was a different one. And you guys, you were talking about the girl in the Columbia jacket. What do you think about uh, coming out on a Western hunt with me sometime? Like that one you are talking about? The, yeah, the elk, elk hunting. That, that would be awesome. I, I think that would be a, a crazy fun experience. Doing that. We'll have to get out, or I'll, I'll get you set up for trying to draw an elk tag here, because now Missouri has an open elk season. It's, sorry, it's not an open, it's a draw elk season. Okay. So last year they gave away five tags, but all five hunters filled their bull tags that got them. But it's only three counties that we can hunt here. Which are where are they? You know, I don't know off the top of my head, but they're south central Missouri. So basically center of the state, just north of the Arkansas line. Gotcha. And that's where the big herd is. And I think it's probably over 200 elk now. Is that Mark, like Mark Twain National Forest area? It, it might be part of that. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, I'll get you put in for that. It increases your odds, obviously. Um, awesome. If you don't put in, you're definitely not going to draw. But right. you've got kind of a lottery chance of, you know... If you draw an elk tag, I'd go buy a lottery ticket right away the same day because you're a pretty lucky guy. Yeah, I mean, with only five hunters, and I would say 90% of the whitetail hunters here probably put in for that tag. All right. So, who knows, man? It's possible. It could happen. Well, man, uh, are there any other questions, anything you're thinking of? Like, man, what about, what about this? How do we how do we pursue this animal or what, what else might I need? Or even tactics, I guess. What are your big seasons down here? I mean, you guys have a lot, you know, uh, a big one for for archery on deer, yep. right? And you got two turkeys. Yep. Spring and fall. And and what else? What else can you hunt out here that will put some some meat in the fridge? So you've got the long archery season, which is broken up in the middle by rifle season. And what is that? Well, it's only like a week, right? Yeah, I think it's nine days total. It might be 10 days, I don't remember, but I think it's nine days total, and that kind of falls right at the tail end of the rut. It's usually middle of November, so the week before rifle season is usually great for bow hunting. I mean, they say October 31st, moving up to like typically November 8th or 9th, those are the best days of the year if you're going to shoot a deer, um, because it's peak rut activity, you, you've got better chance of calling a deer in with rattling antlers or a grunt or a snort wheeze or anything like that. Um, turkey season, like you said, we've got a spring hunt coming up. 
Uh, that's going to be here in about two weeks. And then the fall season, you can hunt turkeys with a shotgun all of October. And then when you're bow hunting, you can actually shoot one with a bow if you're out deer hunting and you've got a turkey that comes through. And you can get two, right? Yeah. Each season or two per year? So you can get two in the spring. Um, and then in the fall, it actually changes to where you can shoot hens in the fall. You can't shoot them in the spring, but you can in the fall. And so a lot of places don't have a hen season late, but I still like to go after toms. Um, I've never really put the time into trying to hunt turkeys in the fall. At that point, I'm so focused on deer hunting. Right. Um, I've had plenty of turkeys come in. I actually drew back on one tom last year, but uh, I think he spotted me on my draw, and he worked his way through the woods, and I didn't have an accurate range on him anymore. So. Were you deer hunting that Yeah, time? I was deer hunting. And, uh, it's kind of funny because I see a lot of turkey when I'm deer hunting and a lot of deer when I'm turkey hunting, uh, just about every morning during spring turkey season, I've got a doe and a yearling fawn that come in mm. and they'll come all the way up to my decoys, kind of walk around and then they'll realize something's up and they hightail it out of there at that point. That's how I feel like when I go out on this public land out here, I'll be out there all day and then I'll drive home and there'll be... 20 deer running out of my neighborhood yep <laughs> yeah your neighborhood man if you could get in that river bottom property like when you come down the big hill before you go up the next one where they kind of have that protein plant or whatever the the so i don't know about the protein plant but like I see over there if you come off that that back road like past the zoo you know like on the north end of the zoo right and you go through that low dip, right. there's a big property on the left, and I see deer in there every night when I'm coming to or going from your house. Um, but if you could find a, a landowner out there that you could get a, you know, that you could get to let you hunt it, that would be killer. There's a lot of people who are diving into urban hunting more because there is an urban deer season around here. You can get a tag, can't you? Yeah, you can get a tag, and you can hunt a lot of different places, actually within city limits, that you can't hunt with a rifle. I'll have to check that out. But they've become a problem, and actually the Nature Center, I don't know if you've been there yet. The guy told me about that. The Nature Center and Springfield Lake Park, they both have kind of a lottery system drawing to where you can draw a tag for both of those places, because the deer are just, I mean, they're reproducing like crazy. They're not, I mean, it's not a traditional hunt, you know, you're not going after the ones in the parks like you would even the other urban areas, they're going to be more skittish out there, but in the parks, we've walked through those parks before on the, on the hiking trails and had deer six feet from us that didn't even budge because they see hundreds of people every day. Well, that, like the place where we met, that park with the oh, yeah. on it, literally shooting out there with a guy, I, I didn't know him, but you know, we're sh- shooting and a deer comes and walks out on the range of course there's no no hunting allowed in the in, the, in that park right yeah but i mean i've seen i mean that's ridiculous they know i mean they're yeah. smart they know where they can they can kind of uh live off of human activity yeah and there's so much food out there and then they also feel safe and so they'll just stay in there 365 days a year makes sense uh, when when we went out there running brad and i went out there and it seemed like every corner we came around, there was another five to ten deer that would take off. And, I mean, we were running, so I think it had them more spooked. I bet you if we had just walked through there, we wouldn't have any issues. And even, like, when we take the kids down to the river right there, have you been down there with us yet, across from the archery shop? No, no, I heard you talking about it, though. So, we've been down in the river, like, the kids are playing in the river, we're sitting on lawn chairs, and all of a sudden a deer will just cross the river 50 yards downstream from us. And that's so cool when the kids can Oh, man, they like love that. it. Yeah. Of course, they start yelling and screaming, like, look, at a deer! <laughs> and Ember, my daughter, she always goes, you gotta shock that deer! You gotta shock him! She says shock instead of shot. Right. And... I just love it. I think she's going to be more into hunting than Canyon is because it's like no matter what she sees, she talks about me shooting him. Yeah. But they've kind of, they've got, a, they understand mortality, um, not to the full extent, but like they've seen animals die at, at our place, you know, pigs and chickens. And so they've got an understanding that 
when these animals die, it's sad for the animal, but that actually helps us to eat. Like we eat these things, we raise them for food. Um, and you've been taking your daughter out shooting a little bit, haven't you? Right, right. And, I, and like you said with that, I think that's important that they they understand. I mean, I have friends who have uh, wives or girlfriends that won't eat a drumstick because there's a bone in it. Or, you know, there, there's such a disconnect with, with eating meat and where it came from, you mm -hmm. know, because we're everybody's so just used to grabbing stuff in the grocery store. Yeah. So for, for kids to grow up seeing that, you know, this animal had to die, you know, for you to eat it and how that works is, I think it's important. I think it's important that, that kids have a little more, um, see a little more of that these days. Yeah. And when I took, when I took my daughter out to the shooting range, um, to practice gun safety and, and, and just get her a little more familiar with everything, she flagged me with the pistol a couple times. And there was a squirrel that ran out on the range. I want to shoot him so bad. But she flagged me a second time. And so I was like a little more serious about it. I was like, you kill me. What are you doing? You know? Because she, she was shooting a semi-automatic this time. And she pointed it, you know. And I'm like, you kill me. You know, like, think about what you're doing. Try, try, try to get get through. You know the kids? Yeah. It's like, you'll sit. The first time she did it, I was just like, hey, thanks for pointing the gun at me. And so the second time she did it, I'm like, hey, you, you could kill me doing that. You know? What are you doing? And so she started crying, you know, and maybe I just, I don't know. I you, think you reach across to him too hard sometimes or yeah. too little. And then she started crying. That's right when that squirrel came out. I was like, I'm going to shoot him. But uh, she's like, no, dad. You know, yeah. so I'm like, okay, she's already crying. I'm not going to, you know, yeah. go through all that. Yeah. I think, I mean, with kids, it's like as they're first experiencing guns, the more, the more um, comfortable they get around them and they understand them, like you can really teach them this isn't just a game this isn't just for fun like when we do this it's life and death like you pull that trigger and that bullet you can't take it back it's not like saying something and then apologizing for right. it um and so to instill that understanding of how serious the gun is it's some people have a hard time laying into their kids about it but i i don't play around with that just because i i know there's accidents that happen every year and especially with having guns around the house, mm -hmm. you know, I want my kids to know, like, this is a specific tool only used in this case. This isn't something you just go pick up and play with. You don't point it at things unless you want them to die. Um, and I think, I mean, I think she'll, it'll stick with her that you said that you got serious about it. Right. Um, it's going to be something that you can con continue to work off of also. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's just that constant discipline on you making sure that they understand what, what they're doing and you also want them to have fun and, and, and not you know be a complete just point out every every little bad thing they do but yeah. you gotta you gotta drill in the basics yep. of what you're saying once you teach them safety then they can have a little more fun with it you and know? then and then another thing is too with your with your kids like when they're when they're playing with toy guns you know i got two little boys and I'd like to teach them, hey, you don't, you know, don't point the barrel and this, I mean, toy guns, you yeah. know, they're going to run around and shoot each other. Yep. And, but at some point, you know, you got to transition from them playing with toy guns to, okay, you know, this is a real gun now. And yep. You got to treat it differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. I mean, I look at it and I, I remember growing up, um, and we had airsoft guns and BB guns and, and Nerf guns and all of it those little disc shooters, right. you know, they would launch the discs out. And so it was like, we learned that one, all of those guns were toys and for fun, but it's just a weird line that you have to draw in, in trying to explain it to kids. And I don't, I don't know how my parents did it, but I always knew that, you know, this was a real gun. We don't play around with it. We don't point it at anything, um, unless it was a target or an animal that we were trying to shoot. And then the other guns, you know, we would shoot each other with all the time, right. which seems weird, man. I mean, it does, but I, I kind of equate it to spanking. You know, you tell your kids not to hit each other, but then <laughs> you end up spanking them. Right. And yeah, I guess that's something that there's a lot of different ways to go about it, but it's the safety side of it. And you have to teach them the consequences of shooting with one versus the other. Right. Um, so 
Well, hey, I think we're going to wrap this one up, and uh, I appreciate you hopping on with me. Hey, thanks for um, taking me out shooting, and this is fun. Yeah, dude, I'm excited to get you out more this year, and uh, now that we know you're dialed in, we really need to start shooting our bows, and yeah, we, do. we haven't done that in a while. The weather's getting nicer. Yep. So we'll start shooting. I'll get my range set back up at my house, and we'll go out to that park and and hopefully do the walkthrough 3D range. Awesome. Um, we got a few months to get ready, right? Yep. It's coming up quick, though. It'll be here before we know it. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. And that is going to wrap up today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed listening to it. I definitely enjoyed sitting down with Ben. It, there's something about sitting down with a new hunter and hearing what they're excited about and passionate about and looking forward to. And so I'm looking forward to getting him out on more hunts. As you heard on the podcast, he's got an open invite to any of the hunts that we do throughout the year. And I hope he takes us up on that because there's a lot of guys I hunt with who are better at certain parts of hunting than I am. And I would love to connect him so that he can learn a little bit more from other people, not just me, about this sport that we all love. And he's so excited about getting a deer with a bow, which I think is definitely doable. I'm hoping it all comes together for him this year. But we're going to have a lot more stories of me and Ben and some of our other friends sitting down as Ben kind of figures the successes and the failures and the learning lessons out all throughout this year and the years to come. So I really want him to come out on this elk hunt with me. We'll see if work allows that. But obviously that would put a ton of food on the table if he was successful in getting an elk down and it's good meat and great adventures and great stories that we will talk about forever. I look forward to sharing all that with you. And so please stay tuned. Um, And until next time, always choose adventure. God bless and we will see you later.